Welcome to another episode of Mind Your Autistic Brain Talk Show. I am really excited because not only is this self-care September, but I have the queen of self-care, Miss Izzy Fekel, who is from Audi Self-Care on Instagram. She has an amazing account, and she has also made it as a finalist, and she is a nominated finalist for the WeGo Health Awards. I'm really, really excited for Izzy, and I just want to celebrate her accomplishment there because so many people nominated her and recognized that she's doing amazing things. Izzy is about to go to university. This is her first big venture far away from home. And so she's been really diving into what her self-care is and, and what her boundaries are. And, you know, we're moving into internal and external boundaries uh, with our self-care in this final week leading up to our workshop coming up on Friday the 24th at 3 o'clock. So make sure if you're not yet registered, you get registered for that part two workshop because we're going to be diving in deeper into our self-talk series from this last week, and now our internal and external boundaries. Hi, I'm Carol Jean Whittington, and you're about to experience the new way to thrive in life and relationships as a late-identified autistic. By unveiling who you are, what you love, creating balance, and being the leader and creator of your best life. Get ready, because this is where we go against the mainstream. We say no to outdated society norms, and we say yes to who we are in order to create a joy-filled, balanced, and more neurodistinct world. Ubuntu. Welcome to Mind Your Autistic Brain. Welcome to the show, Izzy. Thank you. Hi. Thank you for having me. Well, I am thrilled you are here. So Izzy, share a little bit of your autism journey with us. How did you discover and learn that you're autistic? And, and you know, what does that mean to you? Well, I first, I think it was kind of first like introduced to me when I was in year 11, sort of that age 15. Um, I had obviously, I mean, I'd grown up not really, you know, fitting in and just I'd always kind of known I was a little different. Um, and then it was a teacher at school who called my parents aside and they were like, look, we think, you know, Izzy might be autistic. Um, and when I was first told then, like, I on, I was just in immediate, like, denial. I was like, no, I can't be. And I think, like, you know, I guess I just had a lot of internal ableism back then. Like, I didn't really know what autism was. Um, and my immediate thing was, no, like, I don't want that label on me. Um, and then went another two years struggling with mental health and everything. And then I was kind of in the mindset of, okay, I'll go for like an assessment for a diagnosis. Like it can't get any worse. You know, I was like rock bottom. Um, <laughs> oh, I think so. That's so relatable. Yeah. And then I read, I got my, obviously was diagnosed. I got my report and I just read for it and I was like, oh my God, like everything makes sense. And that was kind of the turning point for me because like I've always had low self-esteem and I've never really, you know, I've always hated who I am. And it was that moment where I was like, oh, there's a reason, you know, like there's like, I don't know, it was like everything, it was literally everything made sense. It was the best feeling. And then, you know, I obviously then started looking at the um, actually autistic community, which is amazing. Um, and I just discovered all these people who like had been through the exact same thing that I had. And I was just like, wow, like I'm not alone. You know, there are people like me. Yeah, I may not have come across them yet, but, you know, I do, I do have a place here that are, you know, because I guess a lot of us feel like the world 
you know, isn't right for us. Um, and I think when you discover the community and it's just, yeah, just knowing that, you know, you can all support each other. You can, I found some of my best friends online, um, which is Me weird. Me too. Yeah. Um, which <laughs> Me is weird. too. Uh-huh. Because we, I only joined like less than a year ago, but it's just, yeah. And ever since then, I guess I've just been, you know, exploring more about autism and just like every time I read something, I like reflect and I'm like, how does that link to my childhood? And it's just like, it's just the best feeling. And it's just, you know, just learning about yourself. Um, and then, yeah, in March, I think it was, um, I kind of decided, okay, like, you know, my family and friends want to learn more about autism, but they don't really, you know, know a lot. So that was when I first started my Instagram account. Um, and it was private at the time, like just for like my family and friends. Um, and then my mum was like, oh, well, you know, you should think about maybe opening it up a little bit because, you know, so there are some people who might benefit from like, you know, meeting another autistic person. And then, yeah, and then it just kind of spiraled. And <laughs> yeah, and now my account's quite big, which I don't know, it's still quite crazy to me because, you know, I only literally joined in March and it's just, yeah, the feedback and like just knowing that I'm helping people as well has just helped my own, you know, my own well-being and everything like it's just for the first time you know I feel accepted um and yeah so that's kind of my journey and I'm about to start university so that's like going to be another big step for me um you know I'll still go and then be discovering myself and you know what works best for me and how you know links to self-care as well how I can look after myself like when I'm miles from home <laughs> which is very scary um but yeah so Izzy, how did you come up with the focus for your account as Audie Self-Care? Mm -hmm. What prompted that in your life? Um, I think I think when I was kind of thinking about starting it, I was like, I was kind of looking through some other names and I was like, okay, I want to try and do something a little different. Um, and I've really struggled with, well, same with a lot of autistic people, I think, with my mental health. Um, and I think it was right before I started my account, I was in the headspace where I was accepting myself, who I am. So, you know, I was kind of starting to unmask and starting to look after myself. And I was like, okay, well, that's kind of going to link to it. Um, so I wanted to kind of have some link to kind of, you know, mental health and all of that. Um, and so that's kind of where it came from, just because, you know, the biggest thing for me in my journey has just been exactly that, like, self-care like looking after myself and you know it takes a while but just learning how to you know knock down the walls you know that we have built up from all our negative experiences and just you know do what's best for us um and yeah so that's probably where where it came from it was weird it just clicked like I was brainstorming one night and I was like no that's the one that's the one it's gonna be um so yeah that's probably where it came from I think I love that and I think you're right. It really is something that we learn because we have really been living in a responsive state, a protective state of constantly trying to mitigate and minimize any sort of damage to ourselves from the external world because we've gotten so much negative feedback. There's a lot of trauma there's a lot of PTSD as a result, and complex PTSD from, especially from school. Mm. Oh, that's, that's a 
tremendous one. I mean, yeah. I'm 47 and I can still look back and see the tremendous impact that some of those things in school, and we talked about that in August, going back to school um, in our series there about the trauma and some of the things that we've experienced. But when you know you're autistic and you know things about yourself and you start to learn and you start to care for mm -hmm. yourself and really do those self-care things. Yeah. And it does shift how you feel and look at yourself and you do start to experience that self-love. So yes. Izzy, what does self-care look like for you in your life? That's such a broad question, but I think probably to me, it's just, you know, making an effort and like, you know, doing like a conscious kind of thought of okay I'm gonna I'm gonna look after myself I'm gonna you know do something that I need to do for me not for other people I think the self is kind of really important um you know like a lot of the times you're told things to do um like even simple things like oh brush your teeth and it's like having a change of mindset from I'm gonna do it for me you know I'm gonna do it for me because I need want nice teeth that's such a bad example but like just that shift in mindset um and then to me I kind of think of it in like three kind of areas so there's obviously like the physical one um so you know there's like exercise eating a healthy diet getting enough sleep all of that kind of thing um but what I kind of didn't realize was part of self-care is like, you know, the mental and emotional side of it. So, you know, allowing yourself to feel emotions and like to regulate them in a healthy way. Um, you know, like meeting up with other people and like trying to do stuff to help your relationships, not like isolating yourself. But then at the same time, you know, giving yourself that time out. It's like getting a balance, I guess. Um, allowing yourself, you know, to stim freely and do, you know, simple things like that. It's just so much bigger than just what everyone in school especially kind of says, eat, sleep, all of that. Um, and even, yeah, it's just, it's really broad. But to me, it's kind of all of those things kind of interwined. And yeah, to me recently, it's just been exploring kind of the mental side of it. Um, because I've kind of always been good with exercise. Probably the opposite. I've probably done too much. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've been in physical therapy for my shoulder because yeah. I heard it at the gym. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Uh, I recently um, did a marathon of no training. Um, I just rocked up on the day, ran 28 miles, and then went home. Or well, don't recommend it. Um, oh, my gosh. But, like, I'm, I'm doing a 160-kilometer yeah. challenge, and it's uh -huh. just, like, it is, it is a slow uh -huh. process. Yeah. So I, I am so, oh, my gosh, Izzy, rocket yeah. girl. Oh, no, it's not a good thing. I don't recommend it, honestly. I couldn't walk for, like, three or four days. It's awful. Oh, I bet. Um, but, yeah, that, although I was exercising, again, not probably a good example of self-care because I was, yeah, no, don't recommend I, it. I love the fearless attitude, though. You're just like, hey, let's just try it. I mean I was I was raising money for an autism charity actually who had really helped me so I kind of had that goal and I'm oh, a little oh, you had a motivator yeah and I I mean I was meant to train but um in a way I was doing self-care because I was trying to like I had a really rocky kind of couple months um and I feel like when you're kind of that low like physical self-care doesn't come as easily um True. you know it's not that easy to get yourself up dressed leave the house to go on a run like yeah. you know even getting out of bed was a challenge at that point um so but yeah I had that motivation I was like no you know I want to raise this money to say thank you um but yeah so that's kind of what it means to me it's such a hard question though you know it really is and uh 
so as we're talking about boundaries, internal and external boundaries. So let's just kind of define this a little bit. So external boundaries allow you to recognize where you stop and where other people start. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, who am I? Who's my, what's my space? And, you know, that is something that's fluid and it changes mm-hmm. throughout mm-hmm. our life as our awareness of ourself changes, right, Izzy? Yeah. And then we have our internal boundaries, which help you regulate the relationship you have with yourself. Now, as a late identified autistic woman and as a late identified autistic teen, that's a big one for us, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like regulating I, that relationship with ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's definitely, it's the hardest one. The once you've kind of, you know, you start that process, it's like life changing. Um, and it's also just, yeah, it's such a good feeling. And it also, again, like really kind of helps yourself as well. Because when you start that process, it's like, I don't know, it's like a weight's lifted off your shoulders. Um, you know, because when you start to understand yourself, um, you slowly then start to kind of accept yourself. And then you don't go out and you have, like, I used to go out with like, like kind of like a mental list of everything I had to do to kind of be neurotypical I guess um (laughs) I didn't know I love it I love it yeah I didn't know at the time that I was autistic so in my head then it was like to fit in um but now I'm like oh okay I see what I was doing um and just like you know going out and being myself um I think is such a big one so like even at the moment I mean I have a massive um love for like soft toys Mm-hmm. um squish manos and all of them um i yeah. want one so bad i went online and they have a tigger squishmallow oh they honestly my, my ultimate favorite character in the whole wide world is tigger it because that's kind of me and my mom is the og tigger yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Honestly, oh my gosh, I so love cool. those things. Yeah. Well, I have like ten, and some of them are quite big. And like you know, my mum <laughs> she was like, you, "You can't take them to uni." And I was like, "Yes, I can." Why she was not? Like, she was like, "Well, don't do things a little strange." And I, you know, I at that point, I'm now, I'm like, you know, I love who I am. If people are going to bully me for that, then you know, that's their problem. Well, um, I'm just going to tell you, I, yeah. I was, I'm 47. So I was in college, yeah. you know, like over 25, 26 mm-hmm. years ago. And mm-hmm. I had tons of my friends, my girlfriends, my sorority sisters. We all had stuffies on our bed. Yeah. So take the squishmallows. Nobody's going to say anything about it. They're going to, they're going to be in your room. To yeah, touch no. them. They will. They'll be on my bed. And I think yeah. what I was trying to do by saying this is basically, I feel like, once you get to that point where you accept yourself, um, like for example, my squish manners make me feel really good. And I know that if I don't take them, like it will be a disaster. Um, so kind of yeah. having that mindset where you accept yourself again, it's just, again, it's like a, literally like a weight's lifted off. It's like, no, I, I can be who I am. I don't have to pretend, you know, like I don't have to be ashamed of who I am and all of those things. It's just, again, they help prevent burnout as well because you know, you're free, you can be yourself, you don't come home exhausted after like pretending to be someone else, um, which definitely is, is probably the best thing. Yeah. Well, other than reflection work and our energy appraisal, yeah. which are were the two first steps in our self-care plan from the inside out, mm-hmm. then we moved into our thought thermostat, which helps us identify that our thoughts are not us, that we have the ability to reject thoughts that we just don't agree with anymore. And we're able to start to build that 
and, and acknowledge where we have those points of resistance. And I think because those points of resistance that we face help us identify areas where we can become aware and grow and change and start to choose what we are doing in our life. And it also allows us to regulate our energy because if we continue to resist those points of resistance that we have, it is an energy drainer. It sucks our energy. And that's one of the things that leads to burnout. Mm -hmm. And internal and external boundaries can be one of the one of the final areas in sort of creating the self-care plan from the inside out that can really influence our energy regulation because when we do not have and we have not thoughtfully constructed our internal and our external boundaries, we have no framework to say yes and no in our life. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens for a lot of us, we can have either rigid boundaries or loose boundaries. And, and this is where I found myself. Maybe you found yourself in this place too. When you have these rigid boundaries, the way that can kind of show up or look is that you're keeping your distance from everybody. It's like rather than even try that because I've been hurt, I'm just going to keep my distance and keep to myself. You can seem or appear to other people to be very detached, even with loved ones. Like you're just, you're just keeping that wall up. Um, you, you know, some of that can be that you have very few really close or true connection relationships or that you avoid those close work connections, you know, when you're being really rigid with your boundaries. Um, you know, this was sort of, this was more me. I was more the loose boundaries. I was kind of a crossover hybrid, I guess. But then I had like these loose boundaries where I would get too involved in other people's lives or problems, like feeling like. I wanted to help and fix it. So I had like no boundaries for like where I stopped and where they started. Mm -hmm. um, I would have really difficulty saying no. People pleaser over here big time. Uh, mm -hmm. Oversharing, like not knowing when it was appropriate yes. and inappropriate yeah. to not just like word vomit on people. Mm -hmm. And I think so many of us really struggle with the oversharing mm -hmm. part. Mm -hmm. And just lastly, seeking to please for the fear of rejection. And I, mm -hmm. that was such a big one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think when you have like either those really rigid or those really loose boundaries or sort of like I did, I had sort of that hybrid of those rigid and loose boundaries, both mm -hmm. internally and externally, that it, it didn't allow me to have space for me. Mm -hmm. I got, I lost myself. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, I didn't know who I was because I didn't know how to set space. Mm -hmm. for myself. Mm -hmm. What about you? How did rigid or loose boundaries play into your your boundaries and self-care, Izzy? Um, well, it's kind of a mix for me. I would say my whole kind of like life is in in the real world, not online. Um, I'm definitely very, very rigid. Um, like very rigid. <laughs> um, like, yeah, it's a bit real issue and something that I've definitely been trying to you know, especially when I'm going off to uni, I do kind of need to, you know, I'm trying to be a little bit more flexible, I guess, which does not come easily to autistic people. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, um, and it was kind of at the point where I was kind of shutting myself off from all my friends because um, I don't, I can't, it's hard to explain, but I've had really bad experiences in the past. Um, and I was just kind of 
yeah I just didn't want it to happen again um but I was just being too kind of rigid about it um but um so that's kind of me there and I would just always say no to things even like my automatic thing when someone you know whoever it is asked to do something I'll just be like no I just want to stay inside I want to stay in my room and while you know I do really encourage you know taking time out to be on your own to recover it's not healthy to spend your whole time on your own and it's kind of like a negative kind of cycle you know like I don't know it's just yeah um yeah I mean we need that alone time we need that space that's just ours but there's a point of a a point of diminishing return where it then becomes an energy drainer you know because I talk about seven other forms of rest and one of those other areas of rest is social rest and that doesn't mean unplugging and removing yourself from social connection it means plugging into and energy from those connections Mm -hmm. and for us and and as autistics I define that very differently Mm -hmm. my social connection is I have amazing friends that I've made online we zoom we talk on the phone you know (laughs) I I write, you know, and do things in social connection. I, I am part of the Autistic Art Club. So on Saturdays, you know, Zoe has these amazing yeah. classes and we get together and we Zoom and create art together. And that is my social rest because it energizes me. It also gives me creative space. And finding those things that align with what I define as social rest for myself, where I gain energy and also noticing those areas where it depletes me. Like I know that I can do X, Y, Z in social connection where it's energizing me, but at this point I know it's going to drain me. Yeah, I like, think that's a, that's a really important one. And one for me that I'm still learning. I, I, I don't think I'm quite there yet. Um, Cause we're like, all still learning, Izzy. Yeah, like for me online, it definitely like my account literally like, it just made me feel so good you know it was literally like like you say like social connection when I went on it just I met the most amazing people and it was the best but then there becomes a point where you know the online world can be very um I guess people forget that <laughs> yeah people forget that there's you know real people behind the account um and it can be very draining um and I think for me I kind of I lost myself definitely um like I can remember it was like over the summer because I got very hyper fixated um, on stuff and it wasn't um, I'd spend my whole time either I was mentoring other autistic people um, so I would spend my entire time either mentoring or just doing stuff online Um, and it just I kind of got thrown in and I kind of like yeah I had it in my mind okay I should probably go and shower you know it's been five days I should I should shower but in my head I was like no like I need to do you know I need to do another post Instagram I need to this I need to do that like it's not a priority um and I think a lot of us do kind of see self-care as kind of like a luxury not a priority and I think that's kind of the mindset that I'm trying to get out of um because you know my Instagram account will always be there but my body needs to be looked after and my mind, you know, my mind needs to be looked after or I'll kind of reach burnout, which is exactly what happened. Um, you know, I got, a, I was kind of at the point where I was like on the edge and then I got a load of abuse online and I was like the tipping point. I just like spiraled. Um, and I think at that point, I, I mean, I'm currently on a break now. Um, I was just kind of taking a break from everything. So just, I guess, just giving myself the time to kind of rediscover myself again and just, you know, 
kind of get in the self-care kind of thing again and just learn to kind of I mean we're all learning I'm only you know we're all like it doesn't matter how old you are you know you'll always sometimes you don't know what that adjustment in your boundary is until something negative impacts you in a way that you're like wow that doesn't work Mm -hmm. yeah so for me going forwards I'll probably maybe set like times I'll be online you know because before I I mean, I do get, I used to have like 500 message requests and I would literally refuse to go to sleep until I'd replied to every single one. Um, and it would, I would have all nighters that I wouldn't sleep um, because I, I like in myself, I didn't have that boundary. I was like, no, you know, and there was one incident where um, I had someone kind of reach out to me and kind of use me as a crisis line. Um and they were like, oh, I'm going to go. I'm not going to, I don't want to like, you know, say what well, it is in case they're watching or anything. But they basically were like threatening to harm themselves if I yeah. left the chat. Um, and that was a te- like a scary situation because I, yes. I had stuff to do. Um, like we had planned a day out and I was just sat on my phone like, what do I do? Um, and it did really impact me because oh, I didn't want Izzy, to I'm myself. so sorry. That is really hard. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, but I mean, for me, I guess I am quite vulnerable um, and I just want to do good. Um, And at that point, like I knew if it was me on the other end, you know, I know how I'd feel. So I was just trying to, I guess, trying to get them safe and then kept on like dropping hints. I had to go and they were just not having any of it. Um, And at that point, that was when I kind of introduced a kind of um, like DM boundary where try and email if you want advice don't dm me and like I won't you know all of that kind of stuff but yeah I think it's literally a learning process which can be really terrible and in the moment when things (laughs) like that it can be yeah but yeah you have to I guess yeah you have to make mistakes and you have to kind of you know struggle to kind of learn how to and then you do things better but yeah it's still a process definitely it, it is. And, you know, I want to just quickly, let's cover the four areas of, of personal boundaries here, because mm-hmm. I want to dive back in and talk about mm-hmm. social settings, social uh-huh. media boundaries, because yeah. I think that's something you and I have both mm-hmm. um, really had to sort of trial and error yeah. for ourselves, because yeah. it's a mm-hmm. big one. And I know everybody on the other side listening and watching to this episode has had the same challenges, because mm-hmm. it, it's something that we are all facing because it's something that's yeah. really different. So the first area of, of personal boundaries is your physical. This is the easiest one because it's something you can sort of, it's more tangible. Mm-hmm. Like, what's my physical boundary? Like, what's my personal space and what's your personal space? Yeah. Where does that yeah. start and stop? And then we have mental boundaries. That's our mm-hmm. thoughts. And, and that's one that really ties into that episode that we talked about in self-talk and the thought thermostat. So, you know, what are your mental boundaries that you're setting with yourself? And what are the mental boundaries in your thoughts mm-hmm. and how you're either just letting them go, knowing that they're not you? And which ones are you like, yeah, that that's me. I'm going to keep that one, mm-hmm. you know, and being able to separate yourself from those thoughts in that sort of third person area. The third area of personal boundaries is emotional and emotional boundaries are really important. And I think this sort of ties into the social media thing because mm-hmm. it, it does impact your emotions. And as an ADHD or it, it also hits my dopamine. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's got the dopamine wow. hit. So you have to just be aware of that, you know, and, and be able to sort of adjust it 
for your own healthy needs, but mm-hmm. emotional boundaries allow space to have our own feelings. Mm-hmm. And that's one that I didn't even have when I didn't know I was autistic. I didn't realize I had those really loose boundaries impact sort of that emotional factor big time when you're people pleasing or you're doing things because you don't want to say no and have somebody feel like you're rejecting them and you don't want them to reject you in return. So that emotional one can be really tough. Mm-hmm. And the final one is spiritual and not from a religious standpoint, but just simply from your soul standpoint, your being standpoint. And it was, it, it's, how do I, what do I believe? You know, what, de- what are the definitions of what I believe? And what is, mm-hmm. how does that define my place in the world on that external greater, you know, universal scale? Who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose kind of thing? And, and adjusting those boundaries. And the thing I think that's really important, and you and I kind of touched on this before we recorded, was in all four of these areas, they're fluid. They change. They evolve over time. So being aware of them and noticing where those points of resistance come in or where things just get messy and they are not working, mm-hmm. that's the big, those are the indicators that it's time to reevaluate and adjust mm-hmm. what those internal and external boundaries are that we set in these four areas. So Izzy, what would you say now that you, you kind of learned or what's something that you would share uh, with somebody listening today when it comes to setting some social media boundaries for your for your self-care and your health? I think for me, the thing that's kind of I've kind of learned recently is that, you know, everyone on that, everyone's kind of they're all understanding, you know. If you it's okay to take like a mental health break, you know, it's okay. And I think for me, because I'm a big people pleaser, like I guess I've been rejected a lot in my life and I kind of fear that. Um so Again, it's similar to the DM thing. I, I don't want to let anyone down. I don't want to say no, but no, yeah, say no. But um, I think just you know, like for me, just being able to say no to someone, you know, if they ask me, I don't know, a really personal question, um, just being able to say no and just, you know, giving, you don't have to go online. You know, going online should be something you enjoy and it should, you know, should be that connection and make you feel good. And when it gets to the point where, you don't want to go on but you like make yourself um that's the point where you know you kind of take a step back and like reevaluate um and also like every day you'll feel different um so I used to have the mindset where okay I'm gonna do a post every other day like doesn't matter what's going on every other day at this time I'll like post something um and now after taking a break I'm like no you know I don't have to post at a certain time every other day I should do it when I feel able to, you know. Yes, like, that's a big yeah. one. That was one I had to learn yeah. too, Izzy. Yeah, and I feel like when you first start out, you're so like wanting to please everyone and, you know, get loads of likes and all that kind of thing um, and get all the followers and stuff. Um, but you kind of forget that you come first and that, you know, I mean, even if social media is your job, like still, you can still always, always like take a mental health break like your mental health comes first um so I think that's definitely definitely a big one um and like even with like in a not in a like my advocacy kind of way even with my friends you know when it gets to the point where I have to physically force myself to pick up the phone and reply to someone I know in that mindset that 
you know take take some time out like you're not you know you don't have to do it and like no one's going to be mad at you and I think that's the thing that I've learned um when I just reached out and said look you know I'm having a bad day um you know I'm not really up for you know doing this um everyone's you know they'd rather know if you know so like it's yeah just is okay and don't blame yourself like it's not your fault either um and I think the we're other all thing- human we yeah. have good days yeah. and bad days yeah and I think the other thing is just you know every day you will feel different um so a boundary is not having one set boundary in place every day it's kind of you know changing day by day um so you know some days I like may have one certain bound type of boundary and then someday I may wake up and I don't know, be in a really, really sociable mood, for example. And my boundary before of, I don't know, you know, like how long I meet for, or I don't know, literally it could be anything, may not apply on that day. So I think it's also kind of learning to, you know, like you said, it is fluid. Um, And yeah, I guess it's just such a bit, boundaries are just so important. um, Because they're not easy. They're really not. It is something that it takes practice. And the best way really is just start small. You don't have to to start in all four areas and set, you know, like these big hard boundaries. You don't have to make a list. Just start with one spot where you're like, yeah, this is a place where I'm really, I've noticed, and if you're doing your energy appraisal, this is where it really comes in handy. It's like, where's my energy going out? Mm-hmm. And what can I do? Or who can I be really is the bigger shift. Who am I being that is allowing this to happen? And what shift can I do within my being? How I, who I'm being in order to change where that energy is coming in? How do I fuel myself? Yeah. Something that I really like is the, um, the spoon theory analogy. Yes. Um, (laughs) Where you only have a certain number of spoons and just, that's again is like for me has been really important with like self-care and everything because I would overdo it before um you know I didn't I would just feel like I have to do everything at once and I think just knowing that you know you only have a certain amount of energy and just kind of allocating and kind of working out what uses up the most energy um so for me like meeting up of a friend for example uses up more energy than on the stages of doing a zoom call um so I think like for me, I'll kind of work that out. And then, you know, after I meet a friend, I won't schedule anything after that. So I can have that, you know, like I don't use up all my energy. I can kind of gain, recover and gain energy back. I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, it totally does. Because I I have a threshold on my like events that I do each day. And I know how much recovery time that I usually need afterward. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens too is that in spoon theory, and it works really well. If, only if, you're able to recognize mm-hmm. not only where your spoons are being allocated, mm-hmm. but how you can restore and replenish your spoon supply. Because if you're only trying to protect the number of spoons you have and you are not trying to gain any more spoons somewhere in your life to mm-hmm. replenish as they're also going out, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it doesn't work my dog had to go out so everybody they just heard all that that moaning and things it was the dog having to go out so <laughs> granny opened the door um and I think it's really important too and and my mentor taught me this and it it was such a huge moment for me and I want to share this because it was something that really made me look at boundaries in a very very different light 
and that was, he said, Carol Jean, how can anyone respect your yes if they never get a no from you? That's Someone beautiful. isn't going to respect your yes if they don't know that you have a no. Mm -hmm. Your no has to be in place. Mm -hmm. And I can't trust someone's yes, and I can't trust someone's no if mm -hmm. I don't know that they're capable of setting a boundary. Mm -hmm. And that was just like, holy cow, I'd never mm -hmm. thought of it like that. Had you ever thought of that, Izzy? No, on that's like yeah mind-blowing uh, right i'll be writing that quote down and like pinning it on my board honestly that yeah it's just it's such a good way of looking at it though because it's so true and it's so right um and yeah it's just yeah that i i'm speechless honestly like it's such a yeah i love that was it your mentor who said it mm -hmm. yeah yes. I, whoever, I love them whoever they are, <laughs> I love that. oh jim is fantastic but it, it truly is. He was like, how can anyone respect and trust mm -hmm. your yes if they don't ever hear a no from you? Because mm -hmm. they have no idea mm -hmm. what your boundary is. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, that's just huge. That was huge for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like... I, I, I'm getting that this might be huge for you, too. Yeah, it literally... It really is. And I feel like for me, I always grew up like I just wanted to be accepted. Um, so I would never, ever say no, ever, because I thought if I said no, like no one would like me, which isn't true, by the way. Um, and I, think right. really, I think we've all found that yeah, out. <laughs> it's really not true. But um, I guess I kind of became the person where everyone just knew I'd always say yes. So they would just ask me to do the most ridiculous things. Um like it would get absurd sometimes um like almost just to see if you'd say yeah. no or do it yeah and they'd like trying to push all my buttons and try and get me to the limit um and I'd never say no but yeah I that's I think it's definitely really important because you don't want to you don't want your friends or anyone to kind of push you around I guess and you know you do have boundaries you don't have to do anything um you know like Unless, well, even if they have a gun to your head, like you still don't have to, like, you know, like just don't do anything you don't want to do. You know, say no, it's, it's completely okay. And if they do, and this is the thing that I've kind of learned that if they do reject you because they say no, like you don't want them in your life anyway, you know. And I know that's a really hard kind of thing to kind of learn. But for me, I had kind of had a situation where I had a friend who didn't accept me as being autistic. Um, she was just, embarrassed about the whole thing you know she didn't want to be friends with an autistic person um and when I you know by me telling her that like it was a blessing in disguise like yeah at the time I cried for months I was so upset but now I'm like no you know I don't want people like that in my life you know yeah it might it might feel crap at the time but you kind of if they do reject you for saying no or whatever you do you come first and at least you know you know at least you know that's what they're like um, well, and the other side of that, too, is that in that same relationship where we want someone to acknowledge and honor our yes and respect our no mm -hmm. and, and be able to have that balance, we also, in return, have to extend that back yeah. and mm -hmm. be able to honor and respect someone's yes and someone's no. 
And mm -hmm. a lot of times what I've found for myself, especially if it's, you know, it is that blessing in disguise. I call it self-pruning. Mm -hmm. When people prune themselves from my life, yeah. they decide that I'm not their person. I'm okay with that because mm -hmm. I'm not everybody's person. <coughs> and when somebody says like, no, yeah. you're not my person or Sometimes people usually are not as, you know, they don't quietly leave the digital door. Sometimes they, you know, want to behave really um, <laughs> unkindly <laughs> before leaving. You know, they want to start the dumpster fire and then leave <laughs> for everybody else to kind of deal with it. Yeah. But when that happens, it's, it's also our, our opportunity to go, it's not about me because it's not. Just because I'm not somebody's person, that's okay. How they respond to me not being their person, that is that is coming directly from them. Mm -hmm. And it's not about me. It's about whatever has, has happened in their life. It's whatever experience and emotions and the beliefs that they're carrying that have contributed to that. And, you know, it's like, it's okay. I'm... I'm not your person. That's all right. And, you know, I even say the whole reason I have this talk show was because I might not be your person, but I want to introduce you to your person. I want to mm -hmm. help you find your person because for me, I think it's important in, in late identify life, especially that we, we have that one person, if nothing else, we have at least one person that we can go, man, they get me and I get them. And this is some place and someone that I can talk to and really feel a connection with on a way that I never have before. So if I'm not your person or I'm only sort of your person, Izzy might be your person. She is, you know, you might be like totally resonating and you're like, heck yeah, Izzy is my person. Go follow her. Go check her out on Instagram. She is an amazing person. Izzy, before we wrap up, I would love for you to share what is the one thing, if you could tell a newly identified autistic who's just learning about oh. their neurotype, what is the one thing you would like them to know today? Oh my God. That's such a hard one. Um, there's so many. I'd, I'd say, though, it's okay to, you know, you're not going to immediately get your diagnosis and just immediately fall in love with it you know it it does it definitely takes time and I think that is probably one thing that yeah I mean when I first got mine it took me two years um you that's know, about how it, long it took me it was yeah. like a two-year window <laughs> and I think yeah I'd say just keep keep persevering with it you know keep learning I think learning about yourself is definitely the more you learn about autism and the more you kind of you know, then the more you understand yourself and then it kind of starts the whole cycle off. Um, and I guess the other thing is just, you know, everyone is different. So don't compare yourself to other people because, you know, everyone is different, even another autistic person. Um, like me and, for example, someone I met online. Um, yeah, we're quite similar, but we're not the same. You know, like everyone's different. And I think you know, yeah, you're we're in a world kind of built for neurotypicals. Um, and I think like comparing yourself is really bad, but especially comparing yourself to someone who doesn't have the same brain as you 
and whose wiring is different. It's just, you know, just kind of apples and oranges. Yeah, literally. Um, so yeah, so I find would, your oranges. <laughs> yeah, I would say just keep learning. You know, just keep learning. Like even me, I'm st- I'm still learning. Um, so yeah, just and don't don't put pressure on yourself to do anything either. You know, like give yourself the time. Um, Set and, a yeah. boundary. I yeah. love it. <laughs> and then the last thing is just the just you might have had like a really bad, ex- you know, like for me, I didn't have the happiest upbringings. Nothing to do with my family in that sense, just in the sense of I was never accepted. Um, but there are people out there who will accept you for who you are. So just keep going and you will, you know, you will find them. Um, yeah, like your autistic people are amazing. Like, yes, society may not see us like that, but like you will find, like I promise you that you will find someone like you. Um, and yeah, just, re- rem- I guess just remember like you're autistic and that's, it's like, you know, there are so many advantages to that as well. Um and at the same, sorry, this is way more than one thing. But um, no, I love I it. The last thing is just you have a right to kind of ask for help and ask for accommodations. Oh, um, Izzy, I think right there is huge. That's something that took me kind of a while to learn. And like now, I'm at the point where I will literally fight someone if they don't, you know, if they're being ableist. I like they can't hide. Um, but I think just kind of, you know. If someone's, I don't know, let's say you're in school, for example, um, and you find like noise annoying, for example, you want to wear earplugs and they say no, like that's not right. You have that right to, you know, you can't treat everyone the same and just kind of acknowledging that and just, you know, allowing yourself to say, no, this is what I need, you know, and just, yeah, that is amazing. But yeah, just take your time like it won't happen overnight and just it doesn't and you got to start small with those two sometimes to kind of gain the confidence for asking you know I was really proud of myself because I had to make a phone call to Mm -hmm. an insurance company the other day and the person was talking very fast and I have an auditory processing challenge Mm -hmm. and so I was really proud I stopped and I said I want to ask you to please slow down I have an auditory processing delay and it takes me a minute and you are speaking too fast for me to process. Mm -hmm. And this is very difficult. Could you please slow down and go back and repeat what you just said? And she was like, oh, sure. And she slowed down, took her time. And I was able to complete this very challenging, what in the past would have been like torture phone call. And I probably would have missed half of the important things they said. But because I was just, finally asking for those accommodations that I need and I knew that I needed them that was the other thing I didn't know that I needed it (laughs) and to ask for that is so huge and not worry about what anybody else thinks so start with strangers start small you know but to gain the confidence to start asking for the bigger things because and I would say yeah yeah and I'd say definitely like you can also learn from other people as well like for me it like it's really hard to think of accommodations that you might need but like kind of reading other people's experiences online um and I've mentioned it before the actually autistic it's a hashtag actually autistic community online is like amazing and just 
like reading other people's experiences and then you go oh that would help me as well and just you know learning from other people and learn like and just engaging it's just like amazing um and also like you can ask them for help as well um you know like like for me it can be sometimes you know I'll be like I don't know what to do about I don't know this what do I you know and just yeah just engage with other autistic people that's probably the best my big I agree advice yeah Izzy thank you so much for being here today if you have not yet followed or checked out Izzy's account on Instagram it's Audie Self Care and I'll be sure to have a link to her account down in the show notes below Today, Izzy and I have talked about the four areas of personal boundaries, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. We've talked what, about what external boundaries are and what they look like, what those internal boundaries are and what they look like, and how it can help you regulate your relationship you have with yourself, which is a really big one for so many of us. We have those rigid and loose boundaries. We have sometimes the hybrid of what those two do and come together. So don't forget, this is the fourth step in your self-care plan from the inside out. And we'll be going deeper into our thought thermostat and self-talk, as well as setting internal and external boundaries and what those healthy internal and external boundaries look like and what they can be and how to set them up and how to notice when it's time maybe to adjust them. We're going to be going deeper into this in this part two workshop coming up on Friday, September 24th at 3 p.m. The registration link for this live Zoom workshop will be in the show notes below. Be sure if you can't attend that you do get registered because you will get a replay sent directly to your email. Izzy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being a part of the Mind Your Autistic Brain community. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Thank you. If you are someone who likes to help people and share what has made a difference in your life, please share this talk show with a friend and on your social media accounts so that you can be the blessing in another late identified autistic's life. Be sure to tag me at Social Audi so I can personally say thank you. And to help keep the talk show ad-free, please consider becoming a one-time or recurring supporter through either Buy Me a Coffee or the Anchor Podcast links in the show notes below. I truly appreciate your support. Thank you for being a listener and thank you for adding your voice to our story.